talks to us on Totus to Us. Father Anthony Doe talks to us about Mary, attuned to the heart of Jesus. The foundations of the Church's life are rooted in the Eucharist, the gift of Jesus of himself to nourish us as his body for the world, for service of the world's need for salvation, the Eucharist and the living presence of Our Lady. These are the two greatest gifts that God has given to us and to all people. And they are both the Lord's love, his presence, his outreach to us in the Eucharist and the presence of Our Lady are obviously intertwined as their lives were intertwined. And I think in understanding one it helps us to understand the other and to be able to receive the gifts that the Father wishes to give us through these two most wonderful channels of grace. The best way of describing you know, this understanding is through, obviously, baptism. I've always again and again said that baptism, this is one of the great major themes of Vatican II, the Vatican Council, the rediscovery for all of us again and again of the meaning of what baptism is. We've been baptised in the name of the Father, the Son and the Spirit. We have been consecrated, we've been called by this into a deepening and living relationship with God in his ecstatic love for himself within the community of the Trinity. And that is our destiny. Our destiny is to, in the end, become, as St. John of the Cross has said, God by participation. And John was repeating what the early Eastern mystics of the Church had so wonderfully begun to understand Maximus the Confessor, Dionysus the Areopagite, these wonderful characters. We're called, we have been created to be God. To be part of him, but not in such a way that our own identity is smothered, but that we come to a realisation of who we really are as we participate fully in his life. And that was why Jesus was sent, to enable us to begin to enter into this mystery of love, this communion between himself and the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's quite clear that the call of the Church, now at the beginning of the 21st century, is to rediscover again what the meaning of baptism is about. You see, as we know, Religion can very quickly, and has done, degenerate it into a kind of sort of, might say, social ritual. And, you know, there are certain sort of demands that have to be met, and we all know that from our past. You know, being Catholic was, when you went to Mass on Sunday, you didn't eat meat on Fridays, and you did certain things. But, I mean, when we stand back and look at it, you know, and look at times in history where religion just becomes a kind of sort of, yes, social ritual. It begins to reflect the religion of the scribes and the Pharisees. 
This is exactly what Judaism degenerated into. To keep the rules, then that's fine. You'll get to heaven. And you see, the problem was then that all Catholic institutions tended to be governed by this mentality. And sadly, so many people sort of drifted out because there was no heart, there was nothing. There wasn't the engagement with the spirit, with the idea of human growth and development and, and facing, as we all do, the reality of evil as it has in some way involved us through our own inheritance of original sin, our own weaknesses, our own failures, our own repetitive sort of sinfulness. The call is to discover the way into God through his healing, through his transformation, with our cooperation, so that he can begin to incarnate his presence so that Jesus can come alive in us. Jesus can be born in us. Jesus in his spirit, in his heart, his mentality, his, his desires become one with ours. And we discover that we can be reshaped in the image and likeness of God. Now this, when it takes place in a person's life, what we call conversion. This is what conversion is about. It's where the personalism of God's love, the personalism of his presence, begins to take hold of us. And we begin to feel something is happening, something is moving, something's changing. In other words, our own capacity for growth and development are linked to our movement, into the life of the Trinity as the Holy Spirit begins to enable our humanity to be liberated from all those forces that prevent growth and development and change taking place and above all prevent Jesus from coming to live in us. So that he can make his home in us and we can make our home in him. He is the vine we are the branches. We become one with him. His life becomes our life. Our life becomes his life. So it's in this movement of real growing in freedom, freedom that comes from Jesus. It's not a freedom that the world gives us in the sense that it's through our own willpower and whatever. It's actually a gift. It comes from him. I haven't come to condemn the world but to save it to liberate it. I've come to free, to free you from the darkness. And not free you in the sense of, I'm going to free you and then walk off. No. I'm coming to actually make my home in you so that the process of liberation can continue to take place deep within you. Now this is very important for us constantly to remember when we have to face the challenges of life, when we face our own weaknesses, we face the weaknesses of others, life can throw up all sorts of problems, all sorts of frustrations and tensions. It's vital that we can live through these challenges with the sense that Jesus is with us, but not only just with us, but through these experiences, he is actually going to use them to deepen his presence within us. Now this 
as the Holy Spirit begins to teach us how to surrender ourselves to him. And this is where Our Lady begins to find her place in our life. As we know, the Church was born when the angel Gabriel appeared to Our Lady, appeared to Mary, and she surrendered to the power that came from the heart of God. Let it be done to me according to your word. That was the moment that the church was born. It wasn't Pentecost. It was that moment that Jesus was implanted deep within, not her womb, it's in the fallopian tube, but anyway. That's where the church began in the fallopian tube of Our Lady. And his presence through the power of the Spirit began to grow. It's amazing. So that every child who is conceived, and that's where it begins, is consecrated very much in the person of Jesus Christ. So it's Our Lady's surrender to the power of the Spirit, Our Lady's surrender to the will of God, that actually brought a new freedom, a new channel of power and grace into the world. And we know that. That's why the Feast of the Annunciation is so precious. It's the birthday of the Church, really. It wasn't in Bethlehem when Jesus was born physically in that sense. It was when she conceived him. And where a relationship, obviously, between herself and the person of Jesus deep within her began to grow, not just physically, but spiritually. So that, you know, we as the body of Christ, I'd say, are, have inherited that amazing sort of intimate love, that intimate connection that took place at the Annunciation. So Our Lady is absolutely central. If we are to respond to the call that God is giving us to enter into the life of the Trinity, then Our Lady and her presence encouraging us to learn again and again and again how to surrender ourselves. Let it be done to me according to your word. She has been given to us to accompany us in that prayer. But it's not a just a once and for all. It's actually a prayer that I believe, in the end, is meant to shape our whole existence. Let it be done to me. What is going to be done to me? God's love is going to penetrate my being in such a way that I will be enlightened to give back my, through my own desire a love for him so that we become involved in an ecstasy of self-giving let it be done to me according to your word your word is a word of love so what God wants us to do is to learn how to surrender to his initiative of love and this is where Our Lady is absolutely vital no human being can do it and they present. 
because she herself has been through that whole process. Now, obviously, this isn't just a one-off experience. It's a movement of life that really will begin to characterize our understanding of being a member of the church. So I want you to see this connection. That actually, Our Lady, and I really firmly believe this, isn't just a nice sort of devotional practice for somebody who's got that particular kind of of sort of orientation. She's central to all of us. She's central to the life of the Church. We can't really experience that freedom to give ourselves when in those particular moments when the Lord is calling us to receive the Lord is calling us to allow him to really incarnate his presence more and more deeply because it just doesn't start, doesn't happen once. It goes down slowly, more and more deeply. Our Lady is automatically is there present and sent by God to support us. That's where her love is most powerful. She is there to pray for the power of the Spirit to take possession of us and to give us that freedom and that desire to do this. Now there are two aspects of this surrender which I want to highlight. It's what the Carmelite tradition, John of the Cross, calls the night of faith and the night of the Spirit. Because this surrender to the power of God requires of us not just a surrender on an emotional level but a spiritual level. And when we come to that time of spiritual surrender it is always experienced within a kind of context of darkness. A darkness that doesn't overwhelm us. A darkness that we ourselves know is present because we have to leave behind the comforts and the consolations that the body, the feelings, the sensations give us. We have to be prepared to enter into a place where those sort of satisfactions of life are left behind. There is no way forward unless we are prepared to do that. John described it as the night the night first of all of faith and that was you might say that the first part where we are required to leave behind all those consolations and then into the night of the spirit which is much more formidable because what happens is God opens us up to that world of confrontation with evil which is really quite terrifying we have to have you might say our spirit our spiritual eyes have to be opened to the real nature of a world that we participate in which is distorted which is filled with aggression and rejection of God himself Why do we have to be initiated into that? Because if Jesus is to really incarnate his presence deep within us, 
we must be prepared to share with him the sorrow, the sadness and the salvific concern for the world that is rejecting his father it's to become one with him in praying for others giving our lives for others sharing in God's desire to reach out and save the human race now we can't participate in that we can't be part of that unless our eyes are open to the reality of evil and the way it has the power to destroy people because what Jesus wants us to do is to accompany him into that place where we ourselves finally say yes Lord to be one with you is like you to give my life as a ransom for many to participate in his healing action by our self gift our willingness to be part in our own humanity of that deep concern for the salvation of our brothers and sisters to give ourselves in prayer intercession entreaty to God because our eyes have been opened we have been given that very special sense of the world's need for healing and salvation it is not a comfortable place to be the great saints and I'm particularly thinking of one in particular Mother Teresa her eyes were opened at that level she lived a very uncomfortable time towards the end of her life her life was not easy she had an enormous sense in the Lord of the world's need for salvation and she lived it in her own humanity her participation in you might say the agony of Jesus for the world now I have always linked this with the night of the spirit the night of faith yes is where we struggle to give ourselves in the face of our own suffering our own darkness and our lady is there we can't do it without her it's impossible because she herself walked that path and it's there that our spiritual identity comes alive in a totally new way it's then that in the night of the spirit where our prayer where somehow something further opens up which can be terrifying which can be a sense of the annihilation of the human person in the absence of God a sense of it one begins to know it there's a kind of sense of the horror of this it's then that Jesus can finally link us with his deepest concern for the salvation of the world that was expressed on the cross I promised to live a life of constant prayer of conversion leading me into a daily unity with the hearts of Mary and Jesus it is my desire to present Jesus and his mother to all those who are chosen come into my life especially by witnessing to the joy of the cross the cross the cross 
that yes, brings a joy but not in a worldly sense. The joy of the cross is experienced as we understand its meaning that we ourselves are living. That we joyfully, yes, give ourselves for the salvation of our brothers and sisters in our prayer, in our willing to sacrifice ourselves, in the way we allow Jesus to transform our humanity, so that others can live through our self-surrender. And it's here that Our Lady really makes that possible. Without her, that journey just can't be made. Because she herself went into that dark night of the Spirit. And for me, it's always symbolised with her holding the dead body of her son at the foot of the cross and the agony that she had to go through in watching him you know, tortured and vilified and dying in front of her eyes. And that is the way that Jesus drew her finally into the totality of the Father's love because she participates now in his complete love for the world. Now, in our baptism, we're being called to participate in that. We're being called to share, first of all, in that joy of experiencing Jesus' incarnate presence within us, and then allowing him to take us into that place, and this is really where we meet the Father, into that place where we share in his concern for the world and its need for salvation. And it's when that begins to become part of our inner life, that is where we begin to meet the Father. Because we also know that God's response to the world's sin and darkness is one of mercy and not condemnation. It's the human race that condemns itself. It's Satan who condemns the human race. It's not Jesus Christ and the Father. And it condemns itself by choosing to reject God. That is what it means. And in a mysterious way, God wants us to have that deep salvific concern that he has for a world and for human lives that actually have moved into that place of rejection. And so when we start thinking about Our Lady, when we start thinking about Jesus in the Eucharist, we begin to see that, yes, if we are prepared to, to allow these relationships, these tangible relationships, to take hold of our life, this is what they want us to participate in. First of all, our own inner transformation through the night of faith, where our own humanity begins to experience the healing presence of God in a totally new way, where there's a reorientation, a reconfiguration of the way we live and who we are, and we know that it's taking place because of Jesus, then he's almost there saying, can I take your hand now and take you into the deepest part of my life, which is the way I have seen and I see the reality of darkness and sin, and I want you to share in my profound salvific concern 
for other human beings. Through your prayer, through your willingness to continue in this journey of faith for them. And to experience that, that pain, that sadness, and to offer it to the Father. And to be part of that inner world of love which is in the Trinity. So that while creation is still, you might say, unconsummated in Christ, as we know will come at the end of time, there is still this process. Jesus still wants to reach out and save and heal and transform human lives and wants to break into that world of suffering. And it's Our Lady who enables us to surrender to that call and say, yes, let it be done to me according to your word. The Divine Mercy was given to us in 1938. And it struck me, this was given to Europe just prior to the most appalling, as we know, the rough estimate, 78 million people died in the Second World War in the space of 15 years. The sheer manifestation of evil, the violence, the hatred, it was unleashed 15 years where so many people lost their lives in the most appalling circumstances. Just prior to that, there was a reminder to the world that we worship a God of mercy. Thank heavens we do. And this gift of mercy and compassion for the human race that is the victim of evil, organized in the most highly sophisticated way by the world of angelic evil that wants to destroy human capacity to respond to the love that God has for every single human being. And I think, you know, it's, it's this call to participate in the Trinitarian love of God that cannot exclude his love for the world in its need for salvation. And this requires our willingness, with the help of Our Lady, to enter into Jesus' salvific concern for the world. And our eyes, some very, very important moment, have to be opened in a completely new way to the essence of evil, to its very, very, it's, it's the very source of it, the way that um, it completely takes over human lives and destroys their capacity to enter into the mystery of God's love. Come back to the presence of evil in our own country. Highly sophisticated. And as we know, evil in its most, you might say, seductive form is very civilised, has a language which is very seductive. Satan dresses himself up as the angel of light. Initially, it seems so reasonable. You know, so comprehensible but as we know evil when it begins to really manifest its presence suddenly reverses all that and the way we see in this country taking place at this very time a breakdown of all those aspects of life understanding relationship understanding the nature of love of self-gift 
gradually, gradually, gradually being slowly disintegrated. The Lord wants our eyes to be opened, us to be willing to begin with Him to see the world around us with new eyes. Not that we then end up condemning the world, but wanting through our own self-offering in communion with him and his mother somehow mysteriously to sort of give ourselves for others in our prayer in our concern through our intercession through our willingness to witness to his love and his presence to become true apostles and to be a witness to the truth that is taking place deep within us and our willingness to be involved in this will enable us to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in a new way. We will be able to participate in the wisdom of Jesus himself. So interesting the way he reassured his disciples. When they drag you in front of kings and judges and whatever, do not worry about what you will say. The words will be given to you at that time. The Holy Spirit will inspire you, will enable you to witness to the truth. And I'm very conscious that this is the calling of the Church in our own time. This is what we mean by the new evangelization. A willingness to enter into the mystery of the life of the Trinity in communion with Our Lady, because you can't do it without her. I mean, you know, just can't, it's just impossible. Because it means a kind of a new spiritual rebirth. So that we participate in Jesus' overwhelming concern for the world and its need for salvation. The world, not just sort of far distant lands, but here, in this street, in the people that we know, in our families. Requiring of us a new kind of attitude of self-giving in our prayer <coughs> and our willingness to spend time with him so that he can begin to draw us into a deeper awareness of who he is and what he achieved on the cross. It's to be filled with his salvific concern for our brothers and sisters and with him to lay down our lives, to love others as he has loved us, to become his disciples, to be disciples who proclaim the message of God which is fundamentally about the forgiveness of sins and the call to new life in him. And this, I tried to show, was how we can see Our Lady attuned to the heart of Jesus. Not just in her own personal life, but in our lives too. Because she sees us, you might say, as the image of her son, being called precisely to participate in her salvific concern for the world. And as we know, she is appearing all over the place, not just in Medjugorje, but she does have the capacity to reveal her presence to so many people. And the message is always the same. Conversion of life for your brothers and sisters. And Jesus also says to us, give yourself to me so that I can present you to my mother. The two work hand in hand. So that is how I see both Our Lady and Jesus working together.
it's when we somehow sense that the surrender of ourselves in prayer let it be done to me according to your word that I'm drawn further and further into this life of first of all my own inner transformation but also concern for others and it must include that this is one of the message that Francis is talking about no? then Our Lady comes alive in a new way for us